was happy to see Brother Johnny Nix, one of our Rock of Ages missionaries, come in with his family and is one of the missionaries that this church supports and sponsors. They just returned from Huttonsville, West Virginia, in a prison revival, and they're getting ready to leave for Kentucky to be permanently stationed at uh, a prison there in Kentucky. They're here today. Johnny, we're glad to have you in Kay. I'll answer a question, and then I'll get into the message. I've been asked a couple of three times this morning, and i make this clear so you'll know that uh, if you were to make out a check for the ministry, how to make it out. If it's to the ministry, please do not place my name upon it. Please make it payable to the Rock of Ages prison ministry or simply Rock of Ages ministry. It is tax deductible. It is an incorporation, and consequently you can receive tax credit for it. We receive no salary, my wife and I. The only thing we live on is meetings such as this or revivals that we're in every other week. If you have your Bibles, open them this morning, please, to Psalms chapter 51 for our scripture. Every day somewhere in the world, 250,000 people die. Every day. Eight hundred and eight thousand five hundred an hour, almost a hundred and sixty people per minute. Every time your heart beats, two people dies. Every time your heart beats, two people dies. In Psalms fifty one, David confronts the Lord about the sin problem in his life. Nobody will ever pray like this man's about to pray till they get sick of it. You'll never do business with God until you're tired of the sinning business. No way. Oh, there might be a time of prayer, but I'm talking about doing real business with God. When you've come to the place in your own life that you see what sin has done, and is doing to your life, then there's a time that you'll get a hold of God. In Psalms 51, David cries out and said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. And cleanse me from my sin. Note in particular verse 3. For I acknowledge my transgression, and my sin is ever before me. Our Father, this morning I pray God for that touch. Lord, give me that liberty. You said, for the Spirit of the Lord is there's liberty. God, give us that unction, that anointing, God, that makes it easy to preach. I'm conscious this morning, Lord, I've never learned how to preach, and I'm glad about that. 
I'm glad if there's any preaching done, it'll have to be God's Holy Ghost that does it. So our Father, this morning, I pray in this hour, God, as I stand here, may men be confronted with the stark reality that the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Our Father, today I pray, God, thy blessings upon this church. Oh, God, Brother Lee, I thank you for him. God, my memory of Cloud Springs Baptist Church and the times that have been here. Brother Creighton and what he'd been to my life and our fellowship together down through the years. Oh, God, today do something special. Lord, not because of us, but in spite of us. Lord, may everyone here today pray for me. May the preachers pray for me just like they'd want me to pray for them if they were standing here. Then God bring conviction upon that soul that's lost. Have your way now, I pray for Jesus' sake. Amen and amen. The Bible said unapologetically that all unrighteousness is sin. All of it. Every bit of it. But you know we're living in a society today of soft peddling. When today man said, oh, I don't feel bad about that. I let my conscience be my guide. I'm going to tell you, dear friend of mine, there's a higher authority than just your conscience. The Bible said in the book of Corinthians, he said, what do you eat or drink? Uh, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. I'm here today to tell you, my friend, that you may soft pedal and you may whitewash the idea and the aspect of sin. But with God, it's still just that old black midnight sin and wrong. Now notice David. Here's a man in high position, high authority. A man, my friend, that God's brought from the shepherd's field to a place of position and royal regal. My friend, here this man sits on the throne of renown. Nobody can point a finger at him and question him but the authority of God. But notice, if you will, some things about sin this morning. I want you to put them down in your Bible, jot them down in the note, and apply them to your own life today. I see David. I do not believe that David meant, my dear friend, to get involved like he did. I don't believe David meant to my friend to get involved in the situation that brought him to this particular prayer. But I want to say to you, write this down. Sin will always take you farther than you meant to go. There's some of you sitting here right now, maybe in your own mind. You said, preacher, I can quit. I can stop any time I want to. I've got control of my life. And I can do as I please. Did you know the devil is tickled to death about that kind of reasoning? He's slick. He's cunning. He's crafty. And sin will always take you farther than you meant to go. I remember some time ago in Virginia one night in the service. The crowd was gone. The service was over. A little old bitty girl, I imagine around maybe 18, 19 years old. I remember come walking up to me at the front of the house 
after everybody is nearly gone, little old faded out blouse, her face was as pale as death, tears in her eyes. And she said, Preacher, don't ever quit preaching that message. Don't ever quit telling folks that sin will take them farther than they meant to go. And I said, Honey, tell me about it. Why do you want me to keep on preaching that? She looked around to see that nobody was looking. She pulled that little, that little sleeve up, a long sleeve blouse. And she said, the, the Salvation Army gave me these clothes. Somehow I wanted to come to church this morning. She said, they gave me these. She said, I slept in a cardboard box in an alley last night. She said, when I was going to school, the kids told me, have you tried marijuana yet? Have you tried it? Oh, said it, you can stop it any time you want to. But she said, I got started on that. And when that didn't do for me what I wanted, I went on to something else. And she looked at me with tears streaming down her cheeks. And she said, Preacher, I'm a dope addict now. She pulled up her sleeves, and the veins were knotted. She said, the needles won't go in there no more. The veins won't take it. And she says, now, I shoot dope under my tongue. I stick the needle under my tongue. She said, preacher, I prostitute all day long to raise enough money to buy the dope that I need. She said, tell them, Brother Ed, that sin will always take you farther than you meant to go. There's some of you here right now. You said I can quit what I'm doing any time I want to. And the devil will say, man, but the only answer you've got is amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Every one of you sitting here right now in your own life, you think you're the captain of your destiny, but the only help you've got outside the human family is the blood of Jesus Christ. I can quit any time I want to. That's what the devil tells you. No doubt the devil whispered in David's ear, well, you can stop. You know, you know any time you get ready, you can just back up and quit. And that little girl said, I've shot it in the veins. And the veins just nodded up like, you know, like Broncos veins. And I just nodded up. And she said, now I stick the needle under my tongue. And she said, I'll tell you. said, I flag cars down and tell me and they can have me for a dollar. said, I slept in a cardboard box last night. Oh, you said that won't happen to my kids. You better get them to God. You better get them to Jesus. You better get them under the blood because sin will wreck everything. That's how the holy. It'll tear their lives down and leave them in the gutter. That kid will probably die in a cardboard box in some cold alley and the county will have to bury her. But they started out on marijuana. Something, some substance they can stop. Oh, it's Oh, I get so perturbed at this uh, sin-endorsing world. said, a misdemeanor, let's make it legal. The devil is forever been that, amen. The devil is for that. But sin, first of all, write it down. Sin will take you farther than you meant to go. I was on death row visiting. I talked to a young man in a cell. 
and was about to go to another one, and I looked back like this talking to him, and I, I, I almost missed a sound. And I started back. I heard a voice said, Hey, Brother Blue. Frank Creighton, I turned and looked. One of the finest looking boys I ever looked at in my life. I said, Do I know you? He said, I used to go to your church when you pastored in Florida. I said, you did? He said, yeah, you don't know me, but I went to your church. I said, son, what are you doing in here? He said, I killed a girl. And he said, preacher, I want to tell you something before you ask me. He said, one of your missionaries coming here and warned me to the Lord. Glory to God. He said, I didn't mean to wind up in here. He said, I didn't mean to do this. But he said, preacher, I went out, I was hounded open. I picked up this little old girl. I took her out and I stabbed her 17 times. I fastened a knife in here and ripped her open. I pulled her lungs and her heart and her intestines out, thrown them over under a bush said they found her. I filled her insides up with sand. said, I didn't mean to go that far. Don't you know the devil was sicking him on every ever step? That mind was bewoggled with dope, all wrapped up in sin. The devil said, you can get by with it. That's what the devil's telling some of you right this very minute. Yes. What's the sense? He said, the electric chair. I walked down to the electric chair that day, and it's snow white. It looks like my handkerchief. And I sat down in it, and I said, oh, God, how many men come here and sit down in this chair that didn't mean to come this far? See, they meant to stop way back down here somewhere. The devil said, now you can just ease off any time you want to. And you know what? Uh, Brother Frank Creighton knows this. I've been preaching 35 years. But folks, hear me. There are some of you sitting here right now saying he's not preaching to me. Uh-huh. Well, I am preaching to you. There's some man or some woman or some boy or some girl that said, now, wait a minute. I'm not that kind. Oh, let me ask you, what kind do you think it takes? You say, well, now, those men in prison, women in prison, well, now, they come from a different side of the track. There's men in prison with a Ph.D. in education and refined lives. Amen? You said it won't happen to me. But sin always takes you farther than you meant to go. I, w- <coughs> I went out to Houston, Texas to preach at some large prisons out there. And I never will forget it. <coughs> Our state representative met me that early morning. It was before daylight. And we went into that prison. And he said, Brother Blue, we're a little early. He said, you just uh, go in the dining room there and have a cup of coffee. And said, I'll come and pick you up and take you down to the chapel. I said, fine. I went in and sat down at the table, and a fine young man come running down to me. I'd laid my Bible. I'd laid my Bible out on the table. He'd come running down to me, and he said, Are you a preacher? And I said, Yes, sir, I am. 
And he said, Preacher, can I fix you a breakfast? And I just had breakfast over at the Holiday Inn. I said, I started to say, I'm not hungry. Holy Ghost said, you're hungry. I said, yeah, fix. He, I said, I'll have. No, he said, let me fix it. Boy, he went and fixed me a big old dish of eggs and ham and grits. And he come running back and he said, here they are, preacher. He said, can I sit down with you? And I said, yeah, you can. And I was getting ready to eat my breakfast. He said, can I hold your Bible? And I said, yeah, you sure can. He took my Bible up. And he said, my daddy, my daddy's an old-fashioned Baptist preacher. My daddy's got a Bible like this. He said, Preacher, I've broke their heart. He said, I've brought tears running down my mama and daddy's cheeks. And he said, Now I'm sentenced to 250 years. Oh, let me tell you something right now. Sin will take you farther than you meant to go. I remember that morning, he said, Brother, he said, Can I get saved in here? I said, The Lord really wants to save you. And we bowed there in that old prison dining hall. And he gave his heart and life to Jesus. You say, Was it real? We'll find out the same time we find out about you. See, a young lady in Nashville, Tennessee, one of the prettiest girls I ever saw in my life. She said, Preacher! I didn't mean to wind up here. She sent us to the electric chair for killing her husband. But she'll always take you farther than you meant to go. There's some of you right here, right there. Why, the devil told you this morning, you're different. You're just different. You're not going to go no farther. You can stop any time you want to. I'd like to take some of you boys and girls with me. I'd like to take you with me and walk in silence by that snow white chair with those black wires hanging across the arm. I'd like for you to see it. It'll make you a, it's a daily reminder that when sin is finished, it'll bring death. Oh, friend of mine, don't let the devil lie to you. Sin will always take you farther than you meant to go. Then next of all, write this down. Sin will always cost you more than you meant to pay. Sin will always cost you more than you meant to pay. There are some of you right now, you real right now you didn't realize the high price tag on low living. Some of you today, right this morning, sitting here in comfort, sitting here with with uh, respectable people, look at what sin's already doing to your life and will, and what it's going to cost you. Do you think that Lot, in his folly with sin, in his escapade with lust and life, do you think that he ever, he ever crossed his mind? That one day that he'd find himself embraced in his own daughter's arms, committing incense. You said, Brother Blue, what's the price tag? Two girls got out of Sodom, but Sodom wasn't got out of them. Folks, listen to me. It takes more than putting on your Sunday clothes and heading to a building made out of brick and a white steeple to change and transform your life. It's going to take that born-again experience. She'll always cost you more than you meant to pay. 
Oh, I'm wondering, sitting here right now, some boy or girl, you said, well, Brother Ed, nobody don't know anything about it. We used to sing an old song when I was a kid, all along, on the road to that soul's true abode, there's an eye watching you. Every step that you take, this great eye is awake, there's an eye watching you. The Bible said in Numbers 32, verse 23, be sure your sins will find you out. The Bible said in the book of Galatians, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If he sow the flesh, he shall the flesh reap corruption. If he sow the spirit, he shall the spirit reap life everlasting. Oh, friend of mine, hear me. Your sin's going to cost you more than you meant to pay. I'm wondering, sitting in this building right now, I'm thinking, I'm thinking again, since I'm in such close connection with the ministry that I've told you about this morning, I'm thinking of time and time again. I'm thinking of a man right now, the only time he's been out of prison in 35 years is five days. Five days and 35 years. Sixty-some years old and been out of prison five days. You said, how much did it cost him? Everything. Yes. Look around you. The people that are sitting by your side this morning, I've saw their counterpart behind bars. I woke up one day to the third floor, that's the third cell block up, and walk all the way down to the last cell, and there's a blanket hanging up. I could not see in the cell, and I said, anybody in there? And the voice come back and said, yes, sir, I'm in here. I talked to him, and I said, how long you been? He said, I've been in this one cell 15 years. I get out twice a week for a bath and one hour a week for exercise. Count that up. Fifteen years behind bars. Somebody said, what was it? It cost him more than he meant to pay. You think that he thought that it would cost him that much? You think he thought he was different. But he said, I'll be the rest of my life in the five by five by eight cell. I'll be here. The only thing that's in there is not a comfortable mattress, a cotton tufted mattress on a steel bed, a commode in the corner, and a lavatory to wash your face. That's all there is. Somebody said, what did he give for that when sin is finished? See, there's a price tag on sin. Some of you like to think I'm there. Let me talk. Let me talk to you, church folks, just a minute. Let me talk to you. Oh, you said you're talking to criminals. You're talking to murderers and all of that. I'm talking to you right now. I'm telling you, sin's going to cost you more than you meant to pay for it. There's some of you sitting here this morning think that somehow you're different. Somehow you're different. But oh, dear friend. The same devil that got those people in trouble will bring you down to a wreck and a ruined life. Yes. Oh, I remember the day, bless the name of Jesus, 
that I fell on my knees and said yes to the Lord. I've not been perfect. I've not been good. I've not been righteous. But I've been saved ever since that day. I've been saved ever since that day. Then next of all, let me hurry. Sin will not only take you farther than you meant to go and cost you more than you meant to pay, but sin will keep you longer than you meant to stay. Sin will keep you longer than you meant to stay. Let me say this. I told you about the girl in Nashville, Tennessee, pretty. Fell on her knees one day at the altar, one night at the altar where I preached at. She fell on her knees there and began to cry. And she got right with God, she said. Let me tell you what sin done to her. Sin tricked her like it'll trick some of you all. She got involved with a man down on the job. Her husband was a carpenter. She came in one night. His toolbox was sitting on the porch. She picked up the hatchet, the hand axe, out of there and started walked into the bed and started chopping his head. And when, he, when she quit, there's only about that much of his backbone left sticking out of his shoulders. Now she's in prison, sentenced to the electric chair. But they found out she's got terminal cancer and she won't let them operate on her. She said, I'm going to die anyhow. I'm going to die anyhow. Old friend of mine, listen to me this morning. May I get this message across to you. You may never see on the dark inside of some prison. You may never sit staring out between bars on death row. You may never sit down in the electric chair. You may never know the reprimand of a state. But I'm here to tell you that sin will wreck and ruin your life. Amen. I remember something as I closed the last service in Houston, Texas on a Sunday afternoon. I remember it was a women's prison. I remember so well they let the prisoners in. And this, the chapel is built on the inside of a great big cell. A great big cell. Bars here and the guards stand on the outside. The preacher's put in the pulpit and not supposed to go down. And that day as they let them in, that day as they brought them in, the guards were standing outside that enclosure with guns. And I never will forget, I was instructed not to come down. But that day as they came in, I remember one girl that had her hand on another one's shoulder. She marched in. I found out the neural disease that drove her blind. I remember another woman with a scar that ran from here all the way down here, and one under her chin, and one down her arm. Great big gapping scars. And I remember that day as I preached, the power of the Holy Spirit fell. And I only had a few minutes, and I said, my time's about up. And suddenly I heard someone say from the other side of the bars, Preacher, don't quit now. Keep on preaching. And it was a captain of the guard. It was a saved man. And he said, just keep on a preaching. And they kept on a preaching. And I saw the power of God begin to move on that congregation. I looked back at that girl that had the scar, and the tears was down in it, running like a gutter on a roof and dripping off her chin. And she scooted out on the side of the seat. And I said, I'm not so. I said, ladies, I'm not supposed to give an invitation, but how many of you want to be saved? And the hands went up all over the house, and that old black girl stood up with a scar on her face, and she said, me, preacher, me, me, I want to be saved, said, sin, 
said, they've swept me up out of the gutter. said, my life's wrecked and ruined. But said, Jesus can help me this morning. And I said, he sure can. And I said, sir, can I make an altar call? He said, make one, make one. And I started to make an altar call. And that girl stepped over the pews, come walking over the top of them, and fell down in the floor and began to pray and ask Jesus to save her. She got up and shook me by the hand, kissed my hand, washed it with tears, and said, I may never meet you anymore here, but I'll meet you in heaven. I said, they may lock me up here, but I'm free the rest of my life as long as I live. He said, Brother Ed, do you think people can cross a deadline? Yes, sir. I believe that. I believe that. J. Harold Smith preached it all the years that I say, man. But today is somebody's day right here today. There's somebody, some mother's son, some mother, some daughter, some husband sitting here right now, some daddy sitting here right now. Sin's going to wreck you. When sin is finished, there's some of you like they go, I'm different. No, no. That same sin that made David cry out and said, I acknowledge my sin, that same devil will drag your life down to the gutter. Sin will take you farther than you meant to go. Sin will cost you more than you meant to pay. And sin will keep you longer than you meant to stay. Oh, friend, what are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do with Jesus? I mean today... Are you going to keep saying, I, well, not right now. I can stop this sin. I can get, well, I can get right away. Oh, friend, listen. While the Holy Spirit of God's giving you an opportunity today, why don't you say yes to Jesus? Why don't you say yes to him that died on Calvary? While they come to the instruments, please. While we get ready with our invitation number. I see some of you sitting back there. You've wiped the tears. I see you sit there today. And somehow, right now, the Holy Ghost has brought conviction. I see some of you right today, the devil's already told you not to come to the altar, but the Bible said today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. If you hear my voice, harden not your heart. Harden not your quietly, play softly, please. While we get ready to sing our invitation number, brother. I won't ever head bowed. I won't ever eye closed. I don't want you to look around. I don't want you to look around. I just want you to bow your head and close your eyes.